Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we're going to talk about Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll, whose original name was Charles Lutwidge Dodson. So when did you first read Alice in Wonderland? And I'm sure you've seen the Disney adaptation, and possibly one of the many others, too. <laughs> yeah, so I can't remember when the first time that I read the story was, or when it was read to me, um, but probably like me and the rest of the world, you know, it's always been a part of my reality. <laughs> like, it's such, Alice in Wonderland is such a well-known story all over the world. Um, but I do remember, like, watching, I think it was the 1985, there was a miniseries, uh, and then there was like a 91 Disney series, uh, like the TV show series, and then of course, yeah, the animated uh, 1951 uh, Disney movie. So, yeah. So, as, but as for the story, like, I read it again recently for the podcast, uh, and then I read it maybe five years ago was the, the other time I can remember reading it. But then before that, it's like, it's like, I know I've, I read it before that, but then, but I can't remember any experiences about it. So <laughs> anyway, so I, yeah, I mostly remember the visual <laughs> interpretations of it. So anyway, what what about you? What is your Yeah, well, that's experience? understandable because, like, I, I feel like it translates really well visually. I guess, yeah, my first experience, um, you know, I definitely saw the Disney movie as a child, and I have vague memories of that 19, what did you say, 85 yeah. miniseries. And I think, yeah, it was um, Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. And uh-huh. I, I think the yeah. most... The thing I remember about it was um, the Jabberwocky scene, which I think was yeah. just like a bunch of black and flashing light and whatever. And <laughs> I think it scared and some me. eyeballs. It was scary. Yeah, yeah, it scared me. As I a remember child. being scared of that too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. super creepy. I, yeah, I I would probably like laugh at it now, but like I was kind of sensitive as a child. Um, and then I I first read it, I believe, in middle school. Like I have um, like a Lewis Carroll some kind of anthology and it has you know Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass and a bunch of his poetry and um um Sylvia and Bruno I think which is another another one of his Mm -hmm. novels and um yeah I really loved it and I really got into it in middle school so I just went to Disneyland recently like this past September yeah did you ride the teacups (laughs) yeah so the teacups and then the Alice in Wonderland the other ride that's right next to it um where you go into the tunnel um but like I remember I have this like wispy memory from I don't know like (laughs) deep in my childhood of a teacup ride and like a I think it was just a walkthrough kind of tunnel that had like the Cheshire Cat, like that was supposed to be as if you were falling down the rabbit hole. Oh, okay. But I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World or, or like before <laughs> last year. So and and I can't remember. So maybe you had a trippy dream, <laughs> just like no, Alice. No, well, no. I wonder. I wonder if there's some place in Germany, like a theme park in Germany. There, or, there must be. Yeah. That has. I don't, so I don't know, but but that is one of my earliest memories of Alice in Wonderland is 
that we went somewhere. Yeah, there have... probably there probably is because like the yeah. tea, the teacup ride is kind of like a um like that's a that's kind of common. Yeah, yeah, carnival standard, you know. So they they may have done something similar. But there was but it was it was like going going through the rabbit hole. This other attraction that was there. <laughs> so it's a mystery. But anyway, yeah, the teacups. <laughs> so I went with my daughter. Yeah, that was a blast. Like, yeah, the teacups were awesome. Nice. So. <laughs> so a lot of people are familiar with the 1951 Disney animation. And that took Walt Disney like almost 20 years to really get the finished product. Which is, yeah, interesting because he went through different... It's like, should we make it completely animated or should we do animation plus live action? And then like the... You know the script. How how do you really? Because the story is very episodic in right. its chapters, and yeah. so it's like, how do you translate that in into the visual medium? Which is interesting because so in nineteen fifty one is the Disney animation, but before that, there were like so many other film adaptations, like what beginning in like a nineteen oh three or something? Yeah, yes, I think 1903. The, um, I, I'm looking at an article from The Atlantic and it has um, like a YouTube clip. <laughs> so I could post mm-hmm. a link to it. But yeah, 1903, there's a there's a film adaptation. It looks like kids walking around wearing like card costumes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it, it transla- translates really well visually. And even like... Um, you know, the stories as he was writing them, there were several different versions. You know, they started out as just um, stories he was writing for um, for a real little girl named Alice. Um, and then he, like, added... When he decided he actually wanted to, to publish these, um, he started adding to them. And some of, like, the most famous elements, like the Cheshire Cat, weren't even added in until it was, um, yeah, about to be published. Yeah, because the the so first... you, like so like you said, it is very episodic. Like I think he had some of the mm-hmm. stories already, and then he kind of added to it to make it like a full length novel. Yeah, yeah. Because the first time that it came about, yeah, he was just telling the story. He was having a, yeah, I think he was with his friend Duckworth, <laughs> <laughs> and they were um, boating with the the three. Yeah, the, Lydell. Yeah, so the three, yeah, three little girls, girls the sisters, yeah. And Alice was the middle a picnic. one. <laughs> yeah. And then his friend was like, "Are you like is the story from somewhere or are you just coming up with it?" Like, "Hey, this on is pretty own? good." He's, he's like, "No, I'm just like I'm just coming up with it now." And then the and then Alice was like just kept like, begging him to write it down. Like, "You have to write it down." And then so finally eventually he wrote it down and it was just uh, it was just called like Alice Underground because mm-hmm. cause, yeah it was just a, a portion of what we know today and and he did the, his own illustrations for it um, but then people like her family loved it so much and then uh, he let some of his uh, literary friends read it and so everyone just fell in love and they're like you've got to publish this and so yeah so he like you said he fleshed it out more and um, and then got a professional Illustrator, actually, uh, like a political cartoonist. It was um, Tenniel, John Tenniel. Yes. Um, to do the illustrations, which are those are like, like you can't disconnect. Yes, <laughs> those, they're like those they're, illustrations. They're with so the classic story. and yeah. so well known. Yeah, I love the um, 
the picture of like Alice holding the the flamingo that she's playing croquet with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just so cute. And, yeah, they're yeah, so classic. I lo- yeah, yeah, I love his illustrations. Yeah, which is interesting that he was mostly known as a, being a political cartoonist because Alice in Wonderland is, I mean, in parts it's very satirical of the government, and I mean not not overly so, but he s- slips it in there. Yeah, like the know, like instances. the que- the Queen of Hearts, I think, is um, meant to evoke Queen Victoria. Um, cause this was in the Victorian era and she's just so, um, I guess, um, I have a really good quote. Which may or may not be offensive. Like, Oh yeah, I know. He said, I, but she really liked I, the story too. I, so. I pictured myself, yeah, no, it doesn't sound offensive at all. Cause I mean, yeah. I, I think in all these, um, okay, well let me, let me read the quote. Um, yeah. I pictured to myself the queen of hearts as sort of an, um, embodiment of ungovernable passion, a blind and aimless fury. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so... Off with his head! <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So she, she has become, like, in all the ad- adaptations, like, um, the Queen of Hearts is, like, the main villain, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, but actually, in the story, she's not that bad. Like, she is ridiculous, and she is yelling, like, off with her head all the time. But I think um, even the Griffin tells Alice, he, he's like, she always, she thre- never does she always it, threatens yeah. that, but she never does it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think the queen is just meant to be, and she's very sweet when she first meets Alice, and then she just flies into a rage. You know, so yeah. I think she's just, like, full of emotion, but she's not necessarily... She's yeah, yeah, she's not necessarily an evil character. But yeah, so it, I think um, it, it can be... there. There is, like, a satirical level. Well, and the whole trial... The whole trial towards the end is supposed to be making fun of the, <laughs> of like real life trials and just how ridiculous they are. Like the people disregard evidence and like don't even, they like say such nonsense and stuff and how things take forever and yes. yes. Anyway, so that was totally making fun and, of. And all people like, over a mile high must leave. <laughs> yeah. That, and that was, yeah, rule 42. <laughs> That's one of those things. It's like, oh, he's like. He had a, he has a thing for forty two, and you know the number forty two, which is you know the meaning of life. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's kind of one of those. It's like, what is what's that doing in there? Anyway, I mean, it's not just me randomly saying it. It's actually something that people, other people, have speculated about. So it's yeah, there's so many fun things and interesting things in there, and also um, satire wise, the the caucus race, in the towards the beginning with the dodo bird. Right, and, and the they're other just birds when they're trying to get dry. <laughs> they're just yeah, and they're just circle. chasing each other, and it's like a race that no one can win. Yeah, yeah <laughs> which is at, at the just... time there were the the caucuses, which is where the politicians and stuff they would they would be together, but they wouldn't get like they would basically just be um, like running around in their own dust, which is you know the the illusion. They would just be hemming and hawing and loudly you know saying this and that, but not coming to any agreements. So that's what that poke was at was like in real life the caucus yeah so anyway so yeah there are different things like that in the story but but really it's it's about children's imagination and fantasy and just like how children relate to adults or how adults relate to children and sometimes like a lot of times it's very extreme well because the adults are all 
well, everybody's mad. (laughs) (laughs) Which it may seem like to children sometimes. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're not making sense. Right. (laughs) And yeah, so so much of the story is like playing with logic. And um, Mm -hmm. and Alice is, she's a child and she's very literal about things. Mm -hmm. And so she, she tries to reason things out and, you know, she's... Not always, like, correct in her logic or whatever, but it, it's very much, I guess, what it seems like. Like, it, it makes, the wor- it's the world as it makes sense to a child. <laughs> yeah, and it's very, yeah. very free as well. Like, things just flow, and yeah, that's, I think that's what makes the story amazing, is that, or just really intriguing, is that it, it is, like, just like a dream like free flowing thought or like one thing just goes to the next and then yeah things can be very literal and then and playful and matter of fact and but it's like it's just about the story like it's not about Alice being we like she's not even that likable (laughs) I mean (laughs) that's and but it's not about that like it's it's not a story that is focused on the characters and their development or anything which is what we're used to these days especially and in film and everything it's like there has to be this progression there has to be you know likable characters or characters with depth but the story it's totally not it's just like yeah like you're having a dream (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's very episodic. There's no, like, emotional journey or development, you know. It Mm -hmm. is just kind of things like, you know, one thing leading to another. And it really walks the line of, like, being too trippy for me. (laughs) You know? Like, I, uh, I I hate trippy stuff. But for some reason, like, this doesn't cross that line for me. But I guess because... Because of the logic, you know, like, it, it, mm-hmm. it follows some sort of, like, strange, messed up logic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, because in the, the beginning of the Disney film, I can't remember if it's, if she says it in the beginning of this one, but, you know, there's the whole song that she sings about, like, if she had her own world, everything would be opposite, and, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that's like with through the looking glass like a mirror world it's like yeah things are opposite and so you kind of so you kind of go into it expecting yeah it's going like things are not going to play out to the logic that we know. <laughs> like, yeah, but they still follow some some sort of rule. And I mean yeah, I, I think the opposite it's rule. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's interesting that like um Carol was a mathematician. Um, and it seems like he really likes, like, puzzles and that type of thing. And then games play a big part in both of the stories. Um, mm-hmm. Like in um, Alice in Wonderland, you know, there's there's the cards. And then the whole story of Through the Looking Glass is... Yeah, in Croquet. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the whole story of um, Through the Looking Glass is, is a chessboard. And she's mm-hmm. playing with the chess pieces. And, um, you yeah, know, I remember that imagery from the... From the shows, the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she meets really cool. she meets the Red Queen and the the White Queen and like the Red Queen tells her she must go through like I mean, I think like the whole land is divided up into the squares of a chessboard and she is like one of the white pawns and she has to play this game. Um Yeah, and she runs into the Red King and I think um he's asleep and she might be like a figment of his dream or whatever. So I mean it's still kinda, you know, really yeah. weird but I like I, I like the the chess in the game you know it kind of mm-hmm. 
um, in the story does give it kind of like an interesting logic. Yeah, because it's things that people are familiar with, but then kind of turned on a, on their head. Like, yeah, so you're right. Like, there are some some things that we can kind a little bit be grounded with, but then right, yeah, but then yeah, it kind yeah. of skews. Yeah, so that yeah, that, it's that's totally what I'm saying. There there are things yeah to exactly like you said yeah. to, to ground you. <laughs> so there's like yeah. there's some kind of rules. Um, yeah, for this for this world. Yeah. So did you know the word chortled? came was invented by I did yeah it's in the, it's in the Jabberwocky other words too yeah. right? but I can't I don't off the top of my head that like that was the one that I yeah it was just full, full of nonsense words but then they're like real words now <laughs> yeah but but yeah it's so it is, is a lot of fun too that um that there are so many plays on words um, and then things of the time. So I think there are a lot of things, or m- many things, that as readers today we don't, we won't get, uh, you know, unless we had like a knowledge of the of the time period. Yeah, the history. Some of the history. The... Yeah. So so yeah, so like we can get it, we get it on a level, but there are like different levels to get <laughs> to get the these stories, which is interesting. Yeah, it's so that's kind of intriguing too. So another really cool tidbit is the Cheshire Cat. Uh, there are some theories that he was inspired by Cheshire Cheese. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, Lewis Carroll, the the county he grew up in was Cheshire. And so the, there's a famous cheese from there and their uh, logos or the signs, they had a cat and then like a wedge of cheese. And so it the, the design kind of became a cat with a grin (laughs) and so that's i mean it's not known for sure but i mean that seems pretty obvious it's cheshire and it's a cat so yeah that seems totally plausible i always wondered like it because in the story it sounds like they're always like oh the cheshire cat like you should know what that is you know so like i always thought Mm -hmm. it was like a thing (laughs) that like people knew about like a dormouse like what's a dormouse I don't know. Yeah. yeah, so it just seemed like, I don't know, something so in I, his wa- area, I wasn't yeah. f- familiar with. But I Cheshire guess, yeah. cat. Okay, well, that's is... interesting to know where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like it. And that's one of the lines that I love that Alice says, I have often seen a cat without a grin, but never a grin without a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you watched the movie pretty recently, and um, you watched it with a commentary. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like, do you, the... like, you got any interesting tidbits from that? <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah, so it's the Blu-ray, whatever is the most recent anniversary Blu-ray for the 1951 animated film. Uh, yeah, and it was, it's like, um, it was kind of like a documentary along with the, the actual film playing, like they shared the screen, and it was really great because it had the, it had like Lewis Scholars, um, or Carolinian scholars, <laughs> but also like Disney Imagineers and um, and people who uh, animators and and all that. Um, and it was really cool because uh, so Mary Blair, she is someone um, who she worked at Disney, and uh, she was really the one that her artwork was so perfect for Alice. 
because um, so Walt Disney, as I said, like he he'd been wanting to have this movie um, in production for a while, uh, but things just didn't work out until um, until they did, <laughs> and it was it was Mary Blair's artwork that really pushed it forward. Um, and, and got the ball rolling because they had had other people do artwork for it um, like concept art but her with her colors so that was something that I remember as a kid that's always stuck with me and why of all the Disney films Alice is one of my favorite this is so memorable the imagery and the atmosphere of it like the dark colors but then with the reds and the like just very, I don't know how to describe it, but that's like thanks to her artwork, Mary Blair, and she also worked on Peter Pan um, and Cinderella, uh, and then also, um, oh, what, Catherine Beaumont, she's the voice of Alice, and I think she was about ten years old. Oh, really? At, at the time, Aww. yeah. And so, so she and Walt Disney, they kind of, they were like buddies. Uh, they got along really well, and she had, you know, like, bouncy blonde hair and hairband and stuff, like, so she, so they kind of designed Alice to look like her, because she was just so Aww. perfect for it. I um, love that. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, um, the Alice uh, Little, who was the, is the original Alice, she had brown hair, and that, you know, so the orig- original um, illustrations, at least for um, those Carol's illustrations, like, there was a, a brunette. Alice, um, so it was really not until, I mean, because with ten, with um, John Tennell's uh, illustrations, because they're black and white, because they're ink, you can't really tell a hair color. I mean, she could yeah, be blonde, she I could guess, be blonde because I I always pictured her blonde even in those illustrations. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess just but um, with, but yeah, with Disney, it's like we told. I think that that image imagery is what has like gone around the world now it's like oh alice. yeah that's like the quintessential blue dress yeah alice now <laughs> exactly yeah um that yeah that's interesting like you um spoke about mary blair's artwork because i think um it does have kind of a different feel because like there are mm-hmm. it, it is very dark at times you know because it's like as she falls down the rabbit hole and as she gets lost in the um as she gets lost in the wood and it's like very dark you know in the um yeah. There, in, but there's so like, a lot of contrast. Yeah, exactly. It was about, yeah, mm-hmm. it was very high and contrast. You know, so things are just is, kind of yeah. like like popping out of the um out of the background. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the perspective and, too. Like there's one I I, like she drew an image of the teapot handles lining up, and Alice is like peering through them, and that is in the movie. But it's like very interesting. Um, perspective shots and, and so like if you look at the film in that respect it's like wow that's really cool the way like the way that they chose to um, to show certain scenes and like how to get into certain moments and stuff anyway sorry I didn't mean to cut you off yeah oh no no I'm, so no I agree so I mean that's yeah that's that's very interesting the way and also, I think the um, the voice actress, what was her name? I didn't realize she was just 10 years old, but I read she also was um, mm-hmm. Wendy Darling in, um, yes, exactly. P- in Peter yeah. Pan. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So, yeah, what was cool because, um, so not only was she the voice actress, so all the the voice actors and actresses, they, they also came in to do, um, to be models for the characters. Mm-hmm. So... 
so the artists um so people would act out what the characters would do so that the artists uh, they would be like uh, to the off to the side um drawing to like catch movement and um and shape you know to to really try to make it the best film and best animation that they could do so they used live models and they were the voice actors and so especially f- um for the tea party scene which is really cool okay so um oh what's his name now ed win he is he was a really famous vaudeville actor and comedian at the time so alice in wonderland was kind of one of the f- first disney films that they i think it was actually the first disney film when they did promotion for it they included the names of the voice actors because they were all well-known oh, okay. um, actors like vaudeville and you know um like theater actors and um and so that that would be a draw to get people to come see it um anyway so ed win um he so he was like dressed as the mad hatter on on set um, for this modeling shoot, and he would he would do the dialogue, but then he all like they had a tea party set up at the table with Alice, the Alice voice actress, um, Catherine Beaumont, and and so and they would interact, and he just <laughs> he was just because he was used to doing stage performances, like he was just so perfect and animated, and and so he did all his dialogue, um, but that was just for to do um, animation modeling. So when he went in the to actually do the recording for the for the voice it wasn't as awesome and so uh-huh. they ended up they ended up using oh like the original the audio. recording yeah so thankfully somebody was recording it i guess yeah um well i yeah, just so i just looked him up he looks just like the mad hatter yeah right i know yeah. and then and and he's been in so many other um you know film live action films and um, and as the voice, because he had, yeah, like if you remember the Mad Hatter's voice, it's very particular, like very, it's just perfect. <laughs> oh, and I recognize him. Um, he's also in Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. He's the um, the uncle that like laughs up to the ceiling or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's okay. <laughs> he's great. So that was so that's just kind of something kind of fun, like behind behind the scenes. Yeah, um, very cool. That I learned. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure, like, the animation process was so different back then than it is nowadays, but still, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, based on real life. And I guess Disney's always paid such attention to, like, um, like, motion and that type of detail, like, making it look really really natural. Yeah, that's why they had the models. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's kind of cool to see some clips of that um, on the, what I watched on the Blu-ray. Yeah, and then the and then the historians and stuff, and they talked, you know, about Lewis Carroll or um, Charles Dodson's like talked about his his life, and you know, connected to writing Alice in Wonderland and and uh, yeah, and we and we've talked about some of that already. Yeah. Um, well, should we talk a little bit about him because he's um, yeah. a little bit of a shady character. <laughs> controversial. Yeah. So there's yeah, con- contra- controversial yeah. character, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's interesting to know. I think I think this was on the Disney um, documentary that I watched. But so so yeah. So his real name is Charles Lutvig Dodson. Mm-hmm. Um, but he came up with his pen name Lewis Carroll by taking Charles, his name Charles, and like putting it in Latin. 
and then retranslating it back into English, and so it become it became Carol, with two R's, two L's, <laughs> and then Lutwidge with the same process um, came out to be Lewis. So so that was his. So he did he did a lot of things like that. Like he, so so he was a, a professor. He was a teacher, um, at Christchurch College, which was part of Oxford University, I think. Um, but he was a math teacher and a, and a, was he a logic professor as well? But anyway, so he was like in sectarian or, you know, academically, he was very smart, but then he also had this creative, fantastical, you know, interest inside to him. So it was very, <laughs> very interesting character. I'm sure conversations with him would have been pretty amazing. Yeah, um, and I think, like, his personality in general, he seems like, like, he had a stutter, and he seems like he was really awkward, um, with adults, but with children, he, um, he was just able to be himself, you know, and kind of talk, yeah. talk to them naturally, and, um, you know, tell them these stories. Yeah, which makes sense, because he was from a family of 11 kids, and he was the third oldest, and so... You can imagine, like that he would he so he yeah, was that's responsible a lot of kids. for a lot of yeah <laughs> so he was responsible for a lot of the younger siblings mm-hmm. you know, and, and helping out and and so he, and he was the one that was like the entertainer of the family so he would create puppet shows and stories and and everything so he start like he's he was doing that for for an audience you know a child audience since he was a child so that's always yeah, so from a young I'm, age I'm assuming yeah. that's his comfort zone you know that that's what he was immersed in from a very young age yeah yeah but then he became a mathematics teacher um, but he always got along well with with people and um, and just you know in, in the time period it's like it's yeah you would get to know the families of your colleagues and um and he so that's that's the story with the the little family is the that was the dean of the school and so they lived on on the school grounds as well as the teachers did as you know too and so um uh, Lewis Carroll lived on grounds so they were neighbors basically um yeah and so they all he became friends with the family and uh, friends with the kids there were there was an older boy that he was friends with first and then there were the three daughters um yeah so it was kind of the thing at the time it's just you know it's that everybody was comfortable you know with with other it was kind of like the the uncle you know how you become the uncle of the family or the aunt of the family even though you're not related and so um yeah so the so it was very common that parents would be comfortable um you know to have the you know the friends of the family hang out with their kids and stuff. Um, I guess it's kind of like a babysitter that you don't need to pay. <laughs> I mean, they did have a governess too, but like, cause they were kind of, you know, upper class. Um, but yeah. So it's interesting. So that's kind of part of the controversy. And I, I think it, like just reading up more about it, it seems like, yeah, the, the time period needs to be taken into into consideration to it. So tell so tell us about the controversy. Oh, well. <laughs> what, I, th- what's, what's I think yeah, I think it's just generally 
um, like the general um, perception is that you know he was a pedophile that did a lot of LSD. Although um, <laughs> as we started, you know, as we started to kind of dig into this, um, that may or may not have been the case. Um, just as you know, like you said, during the time period, that was perfectly normal. And um, apparently, he wasn't just hanging out with children. He was also hanging out with like a bunch of young ladies and stuff that his his family kind of erased from the records or his diaries or whatever because they didn't want it to look like he was hanging out with a bunch of women. And <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know. I mean, which would have been better? Right. Well, I, yeah. Like, from our perspective, modern oh yeah, de- day, like, oh, definitely, yeah, like, like definitely more acceptable. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't want to say he wasn't because he very well may have been. Like, we just don't know, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. So. so that yeah, that's the thing. We don't know, but but people are like in the literary communities, especially, like there are all these theories. Yeah. So so the camera had been out. Okay. So he was born in eighteen thirty two. So that, like, I don't know if we mentioned that yet. So, so he's Victorian era. This is what's going on. And, like, um, whenever he got into photography, it, the camera was still relatively new. Like, maybe it had only been around for, I don't know, 20 years or something. Um, which, I mean, at that time, technology didn't progress as quickly as it does <laughs> now. Um, so, so he was a teacher. He was a, a creative person, uh, you know, a writer and a and an artist and a photographer. So he was like in all these different things, but he was very curious about things um, and, you know, what was going on at the time. And so he got into photography and yeah. And so that's what really um, it, it sparks the controversy is right. because his, yeah, his he was subject taking, matter. He yeah, was taking was pictures of kids. children. Um, yeah. So. Which only accounted for, Maybe like thirty percent of his three thousand photographs. Like yeah, so, and and yeah. he got written permission from the parents. And so like, like yeah, and, and like a, a bunch of other people were doing this at the time. So this yeah. was like the late lady photographer. There was a really famous like lady photographer. Yeah, so it's kind of like the, the Anne Gettys babies of the Victorian era. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something. So you know, I mean, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that yeah. may or may not make sense. But that's the thing. I don't want to let them off. Completely. No, I know because yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, he could have. What was going on been. inside his yeah. mind? Yeah. So, but he might not have been. So, but it's interesting that the controversy, yeah. or, or lo- looking at him in a, uh, or shining a bad, a negative light on him, didn't occur until about the 1930s, which is when the Freudian thought was oh, really Freud. taking hold, <laughs> and so people started to analyze. Yeah, dig into like Alice, every little Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, his life because at that time, uh, like um, interest in Alice in Wonderland was like there was a resurgence in it, um, and Alice Lydell, like she visited the United States and. Um, so there was a resurgence in interest in Alice in Wonderland, and then it also coincided with this new, uh, more modern way of thinking or of analyzing things, and so that kind of, <laughs> that merged together, I and see. <laughs> a lot of the controversy started. Because at the, previously to that, in the Victorian times, like, speaking of the, the photography, and the, um, you know, taking pictures of children, and some of the photographs were of nude children, um, but the, which... Like you said, yeah, it's n- it wasn't uncommon. Um, you would even see that kind of stuff on, like, birthday cards and whatever, like, postcards and stuff, because they didn't view, like we view today, 
they, like they didn't have the same mindset yeah. of oh pedophiles and oh you know right like we see um, that alarm bells we don't sexualize yeah, they very, didn't sexualize children yeah it's very innocent. I mean as a society yeah it was basically yeah about their innocence and it was the un- the idea that yeah the like the grace of like think or the purity and grace of of children so more and more of like a really because he was very religious too so yeah so it's it's very interesting and you know i learned more about some of the history um you know just while looking up stuff for this because i had read stuff in the past that was like ooh, gross him you know right but then reading more you know more sides and more views it's like oh yeah i guess you know there are all these so anyway Nobody yeah. knows. Nobody knows. And it's also okay to like works of art even if the creator is problematic. <laughs> if you could just yeah. separate these things. Yeah, and it's interesting yeah. like so even though he's come into question mm-hmm. like Alice in Wonderland his his works. Yeah, still I mean, generally for the be- most part generally yeah. beloved, untarnished. It's never been unpopular. Right. Maybe <laughs> maybe but to some individuals yeah, like you said the LSD or whatever. <laughs> I mean some people are some critics are like, Oh my gosh, total drug writing and or whatever <laughs> But for the most part, yeah. It's it's always been popular and oh my gosh, so many well so many um like versions of Alice in Wonderland in the meet like in we've talked about a little bit like movies and um miniseries and tv shows and stuff but also just that take the idea like how many times in the podcast episodes have we said we've gone down the rabbit hole down the rabbit like, hole of yeah research or whatever yeah. and the little girl in a magical land like we talked about um mm-hmm. Nar- narnia that's one of the um, yeah yeah one and of then the there's wizard of oz and themes yeah wizard of oz Coraline. Coraline. <laughs> yeah one of my favorites yeah um so yeah that that um shows up again and again mm-hmm. yeah as a theme well, yeah, just looking into different adaptations, like, you know, I know there was, like, the Tim Burton one that came out, not, I mean, well. I know, I guess, we haven't even a, mentioned it. Yeah, it was a while back. 2010. Yeah, I didn't actually see it. I think, um, I'm usually a huge Tim Burton fan, but I, it was something about, like, the big heads. It was just, like, too trippy for me. I'm like, I can't which, do this. Which is, in, you know, kind of cool that they did that. It is. Like, I mean, that's I respect, how the illustrations are. I respect the, the stylistic original. choice. But yeah, yeah, not for me. So I did watch it, and I just I felt like it was too like visually there was just too much going on, like it's like overload. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's Wonderland. So some like when it has been adapted visually, sometimes it's been really over the top because that's how that's the feeling you get when you read it. It's like oh, it's such a crazy place, but I think. Yeah, like, but to actually see it created and then with all of the, it's kind of like it was a, a throw up of CGI and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I mean, just like however long the movie, it's like it's like okay, that's cool imagery, but then it's just saturated and so that was kind of the feeling I had at the and time. And it just and feels a little unhinged too, to me. Like I I yeah. feel uneasy seeing that. Whereas like, like read, too, reading 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 back through this ridiculous crazy story like feels comforting for some reason. Yeah, I I, <laughs> so don't, I don't think... know. It just has like a totally different feel to it. I don't think that yeah. Alice in the original story 
needed sunglasses or whatever to like <laughs> view the world around her. But like the way that people, some people portray it now, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm blind. Like it's too crazy. Like there was, a, you know, Once Upon a Time, the TV show. Yeah. Um, so there was uh, one season. It only lasted one season. It was a spinoff that was Wonderland. And, and, you know, of course, that's the Disney connection with the ABC and, and that series, those series. And so um, it was very much that same, that Wonderland was to- like total computer and like computer generated and like, oh, okay. just like blah. Like very and, Matrix. <laughs> yeah, just completely <laughs> made up. And I mean, yeah, I think that when people do it like that, it's just too extreme. I, I don't see it that way in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. There was um, another recent miniseries that was called Alice. And I think, like... Oh, um, sci-fi. Yeah, it's like a sci-fi series. And I think, like, Kathy Bates is the um, queen of hearts in it. And, I I mean, I guess the story is different. But, I mean, it sounds interesting. I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's another... So, yeah, there's been, like, lots and lots of direct adaptations. And then lots of, like... Very loose adaptations. Yeah, yeah either very loose it. or inspired by, yeah, adaptations of it. And they have to make Alice likable. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, yeah, she is kind of annoying in the book. Um, and, I mean, and she's not very, like, I'm, not that she's not very smart, but it seems like she's not very studious. Like, there's yeah. there's several she times, doesn't. yeah, where she's, she like... She just wants books with pictures. Yeah, yeah, like, she, and there's several times where she's, like, trying to sound smart, and she, like, says the wrong thing or you know (laughs) multiplies the wrong number or something like that yeah I mean you know typical child it's not that she's dumb or anything but yeah she's I mean she's just a child (laughs) you know and it's fun she's not like a good-hearted girl that you know persists through this world it's not that story at all it's not um what am I thinking of um what's the Ghibli movie that um Spirited Away. Yeah, it's not like yes. the Spirited Away story, because that's another that, that's another one where, like, a girl is kind of exactly. transported yeah, to a magical world, but, but it is very yeah. much like a, um emotional growth story, whereas this mm-hmm. one is just kind of like, um, just like kind of a fun, <laughs> a fun logical story. Although, yeah. there is like a very, like, in, in the Disney movie, when, I think, I think the part where she's in the forest and she's been following this path and, um... I think, like, one of those, like, weird animal things, like, sweeps it up. Yeah, and oh, it, that was... Yeah, I was, and she just, I, I mean... I was like, oh, no, I that was it. That was genuinely, genuinely sad, like, because Well, she, that's why they put just, it in there. She just feels so hopeless at that point, you know? Because it's... Yes, yeah, and I, yeah. like, my I my heart sank then, too, because it's like she... Yeah. Because that was... The enough, whole Tolgi Wood, Tolgi Wood scene... Yeah. That was very much. That the, was yeah. That animators was, that was, put that in there so that we ha- would have feelings for her. <laughs> like, well, it, it worked. And, it worked, <laughs> yeah. guys. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, I felt it. <laughs> that was smart. Smart of them. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I have this list. So it's on Wikipedia and it's works based on Alice in Wonderland and it's nowhere near um, exhaustive. Is that right? Like it doesn't contain everything because <laughs> there's <laughs> too much stuff out there. But it has. Um, a, a great deal of, of things listed here. Um, but it all, like, blends together because there's so much text. Oh, oh well, of course, one of the things, James Joyce's Finnegan's Wake is, is that's, like, one of the famous um, 
works of literature that's influenced by Alice. Um, and it even ha like takes, so I'll just read what it, what it has. It's uh, like, even some of the text is allusions. Um, so it's about a dream and some of the quotes from it, alicious twin streams, twine strains through a alluring glass or alas in jumbo land, <laughs> wonder lawns lost us forever. Alice, alas, she broke the glass. Little locker through the leafery. Ours is mystery of pain. So it's like, I don't, if, I don't know if you can hear, it, but it's like a Alice, alas, but it's A L I S, comma alas. But then, little locker is L I D D E L L, which is Alice Little. This is how you spell her last name. Anyway, so so like Finnegan's Wake is total um, Alice, homage. homage. <laughs> homage. Uh, homage. <laughs> homage. There we yeah. go. <laughs> okay, yes. yeah. I haven't I haven't read any James Joyce and I'm not sure if I could get through one. <laughs> um but there are other so so yeah, why is a raven like a writing desk? <laughs> why is Do a raven know? like a writing desk? My answer is because Edgar Allan Poe wrote on both. Ah. Very but, clever. But I can't remember. Was what he is. was he a contemporary? I don't know. Um, let's look at. Boop a doop boop. Eighteen oh nine. So he was. Yeah, he was before. Yeah, because this was eighteen sixty five. So he would have known. I mean, exactly. Um, yeah, it could be. Lewis Carroll would have known his works, yeah. Um, but there's, so young adult-wise, which is what I'm interested in, um, there's The Looking Glass Wars. Uh, oh, I think it's Bedore is the name of the author. Um, and then also Howard is the author, A.G. Howard. Uh, I can see the image of the cover. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, splint splintered? Let's see. Of course, I'm like, oh, I'm going to remember this, and then I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, Splintered by A.G. Howard. Yay, memory! <laughs> <laughs> but, so that's, like, to adaptation, or, I mean, like, based on the characters and the world. Um, but, yeah, Looking Glass Wars is by, yeah, Frank Bedore. Anyway, so those are, but, oh my gosh, just so many... It, it's just amazing the far the far reach of this of these stories um, I mean I, I, I like anime Japanese animation and there's like Miyuki Chan in Wonderland is like <laughs> and like in a lot of the anime series sometimes they'll have an episode where you know they, they put the characters in it's just kind of like a fun fan like for the fans episode and they'll like put, put the characters in roles of Wonderland you know and so it's just yeah, yeah like all the, over the, the globe. It's yeah of that story like take on yeah the characters yeah like of, who would they be if they yeah were, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like it, it lends itself well to adaptation. So are we ready to talk food? <laughs> ah, there's lots of food in this, and so much of the story is driven by Alice eating things. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because it's it's like it's a kid's story, like to appeal to kids, and so there's gonna be yeah totally. 
some food. Yeah, although you think after a while she would stop eating things because terrible things happen. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's, you know, the eat me cookies. Curiouser and curiouser. And she so gets very small. The drink me little tonic thing and she becomes big. She eats mushroom from the, um, from the caterpillar's mushroom uh-huh. and grows and shrinks again or taller and smaller. Um, and then there's also, like, lots of food along the way. Like, she meets the Duchess, who is kind of a nut. She's making a soup. Well, she has a cook, a very angry cook. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. That's making... Yeah. It's... uh, (laughs) But, I mean, it's her cook, so she probably told the Duchess. I mean, told the cook. The Duchess told the cook to make it, I'm sure. Yes. And she has a penchant for pepper. Pepper. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I made a list of... So as I skimmed through the stories, but and also as I watched the 1951 Disney movie, I made a list of foods, and there's quite a lot. And there's some, especially in the text, there's some great lines, like about, the, well, and also in the film, there are a couple of good, like, food, food connected lines, but yeah, so, um, in the book, I can't remember if this was in the background in the film, but like when Alice is falling down, there's orange marmalade right. on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, that scene, um, when she's falling down, she has that thought, oh, I wonder if, you know, if I travel through the center of the earth, am I going to, you know, come out at a place where people are upside down? Upside or whatever. down. Yeah. <laughs> but that was actually a thought of the time that, that he. That's why he put it in there. Really? Because that's something, yeah. Come on, people. It wasn't that long ago. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just the... There were, in the Victorian era, there were some really... Uh, like, <laughs> Interesting <yeah>. theories. <laughs> you know, I mean, not that it was general science, but just people wanting to be scientific. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and applying this sound, crazy uh, logic, yeah. so maybe this yeah. isn't such a children's story after all. <laughs> but I mean, so anyway, so that was just kind of anyway. random. But the- yeah, but I know, I like I liked the orange marmalade because actually I ate that a lot as a child, and so nice. um, yeah, like, and, and I have I can't even remember the last time I ate it now, but like, at the time I saw this, I was eating it quite a bit on peanut butter and orange marmalade sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I can't remember if that was in the background when she's falling down but in the book it's like on a shelf as she's falling and she notices no, it no I think I think it's also in the movie is too, it okay but, that's but cool I could, I could like, be that's wrong cool. but like, I, putting... I'm kind of remembering that yeah no I can I believe you like <laughs> I but I didn't um, catch it but anyway but that would be cool um, and so yeah so any of the foods that we talk about like if you want to have a Alice in Wonderland party or whatever yeah you can like Put, like have some orange marmalade there. Yeah. Um, so one of the some of the most memorable, yeah, like is the, so yeah, like, the cookies. Else? The eat me cookies. Right. Which is spelled out in currants. Yes. It specifies. Yeah, which is kinda nice. So what so currants are those like berries? Yeah, and I mean I assume they're like dried currants. So oh they're, I see they're, they're like so little the, raisins. Yeah, kinda. yeah. So like Normally, yeah. yeah, they're like red berries, but um, yeah, they dry them into like they look like little tiny tart raisins. And I've actually mm-hmm. made like um, cookies studded with currants because I made like soul cakes no, for Halloween. Um, soul cake. Yeah, and like studded them with currants. So I could have spelled out eat. So me. now, you, yeah, you can write. So out. maybe, yeah, maybe it was like a soul cake like cookie, which is kind of just like a shortbread cookie and it's got currants. 
that makes sense because yeah. that sounds like a good tea cookie. Right. It's all about the tea. Up right. And, and it's like it's Irish, <laughs> Irish in origin, so it's like you know. Nice. And of course, in the animated film, it's very colorful. So they're like, um, like iced, like if you were to use royal icing right. or something on yeah. the, the cookies. So I think yeah. they're, yeah, they're much more decorative, I think, in the, um, yeah. in the movie. Cause it's Technicolor, you know, you gotta use Ooh, the colors yeah, for exactly. that. <laughs> um, so apparently in the 2010 film, I, I, I couldn't remember this, but, um, but the, the, when I was looking up stuff, this, I discovered it, the Eat Me cookies, um, they're called Apelkuchen, or it's more like little cakes. And there's there's even a recipe for it oh. in the original script of the movie. Um, let me see if I can find it. I should... <laughs> that sounds ger- German. <laughs> yeah, Kuchen. Yeah, cake and then apple just is like up. <laughs> um, oh, I thought you were saying like apple. But no, apple. Up- okay. apple. Yeah, gotcha. Sorry. To make you grow, grow up. I got it. <laughs> Well, it does sound like Apfelkuchen, like apple cake. Yeah, exactly. Up. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> um, it's the Alice in Wonderland Wikia and the Eat Me Cake um, page, and it gives the recipe. So in the first draft of the 2010 live-action movie, they, where they gave it a name, Apfelkuchen, the recipe is two cups of flour, and it's spelled like flour, flour, instead of kitchen flour. <laughs> Like F L O W E I. One cup of sugar, a pinch of fungus, worm fat, tongue of a blowfish, pinch of thyme, spelled the regular herb way, <laughs> three <laughs> coins from a dead man's pocket, and two tablespoons of wishful thinking. <laughs> wow, that sounds like witch's brew. There you go. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the recipe from the 2010 film. Um, and Alice gobbles them up. I know. No, no. So yeah. So the the cookies are make her grow bigger, and then the drink me potion makes her shrink. And so in the book. Oh yeah, I think I reversed that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, so in they actually so there's no recipe for this. <laughs> in in the 2010 film, they called it Pishelva. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> but there's no recipe for that. But um, in the book and in the film, the 51 film. She describes the flavor as cherry tart, custard, pineapple, roast turkey. Um, that's in the film. And then in the book, it also says toffee and hot buttered toast. And I'm like, this is just like Willy Wonka. Uh, yeah, I was just like, thinking of what Violet Beauregard <laughs> chewing her like full dinner worth of gum. Yeah. <laughs> so that sounds, so I wonder yeah, if Willy Wonka, exactly like that. <laughs> if Roald Dahl, like, I'm sure he, yeah, he, lo- he probably loved Alice in Wonderland. So like, I wonder if that was some inspiration there. It's like. Yeah, one food or drink tasting. And then I also thought of, like, Ambrosia and the Percy Jackson books, because it has different flavors depending on who's drinking it. And oh, okay. Or, like, anyway. Ma- Mary Poppins's... Yeah, the second time I mentioned Mary Poppins, but, like, yeah, the her um, medicine she gives the kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tastes like what they want it to. P.L. P- Travers, yeah. So, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the Drink Me Potion, so... And it wasn't marked poison, so she drank it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but good, good, down, th- good thinking, it. Alice. Always cautious. <laughs> so. Yeah. And so that's very memorable. Those, those two things: the eat me and the drink me. Um, so that might be kind of fun to try to make a drink. This <laughs> <laughs> at least you can maybe not the roast turkey, but maybe the other stuff. <laughs> um, 
and then not necessarily in order but there's the um the oysters so in the 51 film that it's in there the wallers from the carpenter story that tweedledee and tweedledum tell but they're actually in um the looking glass through yes, the looking glass they are in through the story. looking glass yeah i think yeah. yeah i think i mentioned earlier i think the disney version follows for the most part the alice in wonderland story but they did mm-hmm. throw in tweedledee and tweedledum who yeah are in the next book. and the and the Tolgi would but then they didn't they did not put in the jabberwocky yeah yeah because that would have made it pg too scary for children anyway. yeah yeah so the oysters on the half shell um served with like salt and vinegar and pepper and some bread um and then in the movie i can't remember if it's in the book but when she she goes to the living flower garden um, this the bread and butterflies. Yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> that was really cute. That'd be kind of cute to try to make, like, um, like if you get those little... Yeah, like the little mini loaves and, yeah, and, yeah butter it. Put a little pat, a pat of a... butter and then use toothpicks maybe to put them up like wings and attach it to, like, a gherkin or something. <laughs> a gherkin, you know, yeah. Like a, a I like little, it. I don't know, something that's like a little body. No, that sounds perfect, <laughs> <A> little... actually. <laughs> I don't know. Stick a couple cloves in for antenna. I don't. I don't know, but like <laughs> somebody can try it. And send yeah, that pictures. sounds cute. <laughs> uh, and you mentioned the mushroom already. The mushroom pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what side she. Took. Oh, hold on. I've got one reference before that. Which oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is um, just let's see. Um, when she meets the white rabbit for the second time, and she and he thinks she's Marianne. Um, and then she grows large while she, oh, when she's inside the house, she starts to grow. And, um, there's a crowd outside that are, like, yelling at her to get out of the house. And she's like, I can't, I'm huge. Um, and they start to hurl pebbles at her, which turn into little cakes, which she, oh, yeah. which, which she eats and gets small. Of course. Small again. Yeah, so it must have been. Oh, people are throwing cakes at me. I'm going to eat them. Of course. I mean, what else are would, you going to do? I would think yeah, that if you're like growing out of the house. I mean, like, oh, five second rule. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, yeah. Then then she meets the caterpillar and, like you said, mushrooms. That'd be nice to do like a little petite fours. Yeah. I, yeah, somebody can totally throw those at me. Little tiny ones. I'd anyway. eat them. I wouldn't complain. <laughs> yeah. Um,. Yeah, so I was thinking, so for the mushroom, like, you could, if you're doing a party or something, you could do mushroom bread. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Or even, like, mushroom scones. Those well Like, triangle. Tea. Yeah. Like, triangle, because maybe they were triangle shapes. Who knows? But in the film, they're kind of triangular. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so some kind of mushroom bread would be cool for that. Um, and then in the book, she there's the old Father William poem that's in there. Um, and he eats a goose, the bones, beak, and all. <laughs> Yum. Um, Crunchy. Yeah. So one of the, aside from, like, the drink me and the eat me, there's the Mad Hatter's Tea Party, which is, the, that's, like, so crazily memorable. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that was the other thing that wasn't in the original story, the Mad Tea Party. So, uh, the, yeah. And the right. Alice Underground, yeah, the original. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. So, so, yeah, and it's, like, probably, like, the most memorable yeah. scene, so I would thing say. Yeah, it's a good thing Yeah, so it's, so it's kind of, it, so mad, mad as a hatter is a thing that we say, but it originated back, in, you know, in, I mean, before this was written, obviously, because um, 
so hatters, the materials that they worked with, the felt and stuff, it had mercury in in those materials. And so the effects of mercury that we know now, it causes neurological damage. Uh, and so people who made hats, hatters, would actually go crazy. Man, what and a so workplace that's why, hazard. <laughs> yeah, so mad as a hatter, mad meaning crazy. Wow. Yeah, um, so that's why he's called the Mad Hatter. Uh, and why he has the ticket in his hat often, you know, the, this size, it's like six, ten over ten pounds, six pence or whatever. It's, it's just to show that, like, he made the hat and it's for sale. <laughs> so that's his occupation. Yeah. Um, and the March Hare, he was crazy because cause that, that was also uh, mad as a March Hare is because that's mating season for hares is March. And so <laughs> they would act crazy. <laughs> so that's why... Those two guys. <laughs> That's why they're named that. Got it. And they're in a perpetual tea party. It's always six p.m. for them, because they got into an an argument with Time, capital T, who was a a person, a dude, he got angry at them. So like he pretty much like so he stopped. He got angry at them and stopped Time. <laughs> yeah. So they like is so that's always why they're always tea time. Yeah. 6 always p.m. all the time, always tea time. You must yeah. drink tea forever. So that's their deal, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and so and there's that, um, within that tea party, there's the scene with the pocket watch, and they're, like, slathering butter on it <laughs> and dipping it in the tea. And that's in the book, but then in the 51 movie, they add jam and like two, <laughs> how much sugar? Yeah, two spoons. And so, but they, they he gets two spoons instead of the sugar, <laughs> and puts it in there. Yeah, so and then, literal. <laughs> and he's and then, so Ed Wynn, the guy, like so he really acted this out and stuff. So it was kind of funny to see on the documentary. But, um, <laughs> but his voice is just so perfect. He's like mustard. Don't be. Don't let's be silly. Now lemon. <laughs> now lemon. That's different. And it like squeezes lemon on. <laughs> But anyway, but yeah, so I don't know if you want to get really creative having a party, you could like cut out bread in like circle shapes so it looks like a pocket watch and then like put butter and I don't know. <laughs> and then. Yeah, butter and jam. Yeah, you can make like yeah. little, little. If you have like or... little gear cookie cutters, you can just like kind of pre- press the, you know, indent the, to- the top slice of bread with a little gear. I don't know. You know, so <laughs> pretend that it's like a pocket watch. But. Yeah, and then, so in the film, the unbirthday cake, that's, a like, a big thing. Very merry unbirthday to you, to me, to you, to me. <laughs> anyway, but that, so that's not in the original Alice in Wonderland story, but it's mentioned in Through the Looking Glass. Humpty Dumpty mentions unbirthday, but, like, the whole cake thing and stuff is not that's a disney thing but it's like lewis carroll would have loved it i'm sure oh yeah i like how they dropped like just little things like that um mm-hmm. from from through the looking glass i think the um the red queen says there's a line later that's like oh not the red queen the queen of hearts different from mm-hmm. the red queen says something later um that's from through the looking glass that like all the ways here are hers or something like that all your way always are my way right 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 right. and and that alludes to um how the the red queen was a chess piece and so Mm -hmm. she can move any way she wants oh smart yeah so it's kind of clever i love those little tricky things yeah 
But anyway. So, Brighton Taylor, she has the blog Fruit and Literature, and we've mentioned her before, for Cinderella, that's what it was, she did the sugar pumpkins, Um, but she's done some Alice-inspired food, and she did an unbirthday cake, so we'll put a link to that, but it's awesome, like, it looks really great, like, the cleaning, yeah. (laughs) I was checking her site out earlier today, yeah, because, like, I, I had seen, like, a couple things she had done, but then I started really digging into her site, and she's got some really cool stuff. She has a whole, um, Alice in Wonderland tea party. Yeah. Yeah, and she made, like, the chairs, um... And the candy roses. Into cards. Yeah, Yeah, she's got, like, a, like, a rose bush with candy roses. Um, I love, she's got these little, um just like tea biscuits but then she put jam in a paint can so you can Mm -hmm. paint it on with a paintbrush yeah it's just really cute yeah she's really clever i love it yeah really nice um very creative (laughs) so there's some good ideas yeah and and speaking of alice tea parties there are a lot of um, really pretty tea sets available out there with alice images my mom actually has one like a full tea set and um, when we visited recently we had a little tea party with my four-year-old daughter and so that was really fun yeah um and in germany i remember there were sugar cubes but they were in the shape of card suits like like a diamond and a spade and so i don't know if you can find those that'd be (laughs) yeah that's really cool yeah i think i think well Mm -hmm. i was just gonna say you know even the like food that appears that's, like, not even at the tea party. Like, when, when I think of Alice in Wonderland, like, the food that comes to mind is all, like, little tea things. And I think not mm-hmm. only because it's in the story, but it just also feels very British, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, because, yeah, and just, like, even when, you know, she's, um, like, talking to the queen, and there's the queen's tarts, like, you know, that sounds like a, like a yeah. tea thing. But anyway, go ahead. Well, yeah, so the tarts thing, so that was, um, that, so it's the Queen of Hearts. She made some tarts, and but like so that nursery rhyme pre-existed was mm-hmm. a pre-existing nursery rhyme. So yeah, Lewis Carroll like he drew from, um, and kind of spoofed, and did what ifs. Yeah, of like there's lots of nursery that existed at the time. Yeah, nursery rhymes in here like Humpty Dumpty, and you know. But yeah, this and. Yeah, the that queen. inspired him. He's like, oh, what? So the Queen of Hearts, the card, you know, it's because they were about car- the cards. Because there's one for the king, and one like these little nursery rhymes. So he was like, oh, what if she was a real person and this happened? Like, what, you know? So that kind of inspired him with the playing cards and things like that. So yeah, yeah, because the Knave of Hearts stole the tarts. Yeah. So they have a ridiculous trial. <laughs> I know, yeah, that we <laughs> that we talked about, but yeah, and so the, so in Alice in Wonderland, there are a lot. I, so I do have more food to talk about, but the um, there's a lot of poetry in there. Mm-hmm. So there, it's original poetry, but then some of it spoofs um, or alludes to existing poetry or or rhymes of the time. So like, um, I guess the like how does the busy bee something something like there's a that's what Alice is trying to remember from her lessons while she's in Wonderland. Right, or the, like cro- to the, recite. Cro- the crocodile. So the crocodile is what Lewis created as the topsy-turvy ah. version of this other well-known, like, 
rhyme that's supposed to teach about hard work and stuff, but psh, that's a, like, <laughs> Lewis Carroll wanted to not have a moral story, because right. that's all the children's books at the time, it's like you shove morals and lessons down kids' throats, yeah, it's being but he just wanted to make constantly. it, yeah, this is just and, fun, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, that, so I love that rhyme, that's one that I memorized a long time ago, should I recite it? Um, I'm not. Re- I'm not reading it. Please, <laughs> from memory. I, I actually acted it out for like a murder mystery dinner or something, <laughs> like because it was like do a talent or something. I don't know. <sighs> oh no! Now I'm all nervous. Good thing there aren't any like faces of people in front of me. <laughs> it's just my voice. How doth the little crocodile improve his shining tail, and pour the waters of the Nile on every golden scale. How cheerfully he seems to grin, how neatly spreads his claws, and welcomes little fishies in with gently smiling jaws. Ooh. Yeah, you have to, like, use your hands and stuff for that. (laughs) Anyway. Good job. Bravo. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Yeah, so you mentioned the tarts already, and we'll talk more about this later. Um... But it's interesting, during the trial, the Duchess's cook is, is questioned, and she's all like, nah, I'm not going to talk to you. But then she's asked, what are tarts made out of? And she says, pepper. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Dormouse says, treacle, because that's his favorite thing. Oh, okay. It, treacle is like, like, is it like corn syrup? It's, it's like molasses. Mo- yes, or it's like a light molasses. Or it looks like it, right? yeah. Okay. Treacle, like Harry Potter loves treacle. <laughs> Treacle tarts is like a huge thing in Harry Potter. Right. Um, but yeah, so uncrystallized syrup made during the refining of sugar. Golden syrup. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of like. So not. Uh, yeah, so what it is. It is like corn syrup or. Yeah. I mean, it's similar. Um, so yeah, so the Dormouse, that's his favorite thing because he told a story about like girls living in a treacle well <laughs> in in the book um yeah so then we've got and yeah the course, and then the pepper soup yeah yeah all pepper all pepper all the time yeah so <laughs> the cook is just she's just angry and like throwing pots and pans and like making a cloud of pepper but it doesn't affect her but it's affecting the that's the scene with the duchess has the baby right the baby turns into a pig and yeah but it's kind of um, funny, <laughs> later on, it's brought up again, because at the croquet match, um, Alice sees the Duchess again, mm-hmm. for the se- so this is the second time, and she's very pleasant, and so I want to, <laughs> I want to read it, let me, s- um, so Alice is thinking to herself, when I'm a Duchess, she said to herself, not in a very hopeful tone though, I won't have any pepper in my kitchen at all soup does very well without maybe it's always pepper that makes people hot tempered she went on very much pleased at having found out a new kind of rule and vinegar that makes them sour and chamomile that makes them bitter and and barley sugar and such things that make children sweet tempered (laughs) i only wish people knew that then they wouldn't be so stingy about it, you know. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, so that's, that's great. She's kind of Alice's like so- she's sorting it out wisdom. with the, herself. Like, I mean, yeah. kids don't like pepper. 
I hated it when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. she's like, I shouldn't have to eat this because it'll make me. <laughs> Did when, <laughs> but I should so be allowed to eat all the sugar I want because it makes me sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had an awesome grandma who, when I sassed, she would threaten to put pepper on my tongue. Really? <laughs> yes. And I, I was like, mm, I like it. You're like, <laughs> I was so sassy, but like. Yeah, so I wonder, because that, that was a thing. Oh, yeah, no, I've heard people, and so like, I wonder threatening if that to put, kind of... <laughs> threatening to put, like, cayenne in kids' mouths. Yeah. Which... But I know, pe- yeah, pepper is, like, don't a recommend. Old... But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. <laughs> I was okay with pepper, but, yeah. <laughs> but the... I wonder. that. So that just reminded me of that. It's, like... Yeah, kids wouldn't like pepper because it's like. A <laughs> yeah, no, kids kids have very sensitive tongues. I know this because you know it's like a threat. Pepper is a threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and pepper's like so you know innocuous, but whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah. So pepper is a thing. Pepper soup. I'm. I mean. So this is just like ground black pepper. So like it's water and pepper. <laughs> so. Yeah. So that wouldn't be too appetizing, but. Um, and then, and through the looking glass, there's soup and fish and a leg of mutton. Oh my gosh, it's such a funny scene where she's sitting down with the two queens, the red queen and white queen, at a table, and they're, she, she's brought a leg of mutton, or they call it a joint, <laughs> which is not, yeah, not, remember, this is Victorian era, this, don't look at this book with the modern mind. Mm-hmm. So, she's given a joint. I don't and, know. Knowing <laughs> our Lewis There, that's proof right there. Right. It's a drug book. <laughs> um, and then she felt, it was so big, and, she, like, she, it was her job to carve it, and she was really intimidated, and so the queens, one of the queens was like, okay, we'll introduce you. Alice, like of mutton. Like a mutton, Alice. And then... <laughs> Then, and then it's like, well, now you're introduced. You, you like, you can't slice into some something someone once you're introduced to them. So they took the leg of mutton away, and then um, the plum pudding was put in front of her. And then she was introduced to the plum pudding, and she's like, ah, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm gonna <laughs> slice it. And she sliced it, and they're like, oh, you're so rude. Like, <laughs> how could so you? Crazy, yeah. Like the food is bowing to her, like, oh, pleased to meet you. Like, oh. Anyway. <laughs> And then there's the lion and the unicorn scene, um, in the, through the looking glass where they're fighting, um, which that, what the history of that, the lion and the unicorn, that's, that's allusion to something in history. Um, but anyway, there's a plum cake. Well, well, they stop to have tea and bread and butter, like white and brown bread. And then there's a plum cake, um, that is introduced in the scene. Nice. And that sounds lovely. Yeah, but be- and she's trying to cut it for everybody, and then the <laughs> but the cake keeps sealing it, sealing the cuts up like it it this, the cuts keep disappearing. Oh, it's like nope. <laughs> and so the unicorn's like, it's a it's a looking glass cake, so you serve it first and then cut it. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> hand it round first and cut it afterwards. That's what she said. Got so it. the lion and the unicorn are symbols of the United Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. The lion stands for England, and the unicorn for Scotland. Oh, okay. Okay. And they were fighting for the crown mm. in in the book. Traditional legend of enmity between the two heraldic animals is recorded in the nursery rhyme. Uh, doesn't say where. So I'm assuming this is also another rhyme that predated Lewis Carroll, but then he. 
he again was like, what if? And then created a scene about it. Was Yeah, okay, so the rhyme was played upon by Lewis Carroll. Yeah. So cool. And then, mock turtle soup. That's right. So, there's turtle soup, and then there's mock turtle soup. And mock turtle soup is a real thing. And modern times, and especially in America, we're not too familiar with it. But but it used to be available in America. I mean, people would make it, and also it was like canned. You could buy it canned, but that was a long time ago. Um, but it, I think the idea originated from Europe. Um, but turtle soup is had around the world. Um, but it's kind of like a tata food. Have you ever and eaten it? No. Me neither. <laughs> I don't wanna. I don't want to. I would I just to try it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I would just keep thinking about the Teenage Mutant Turtles or something, and then I'd be like, no. Um, but, so if you've seen the illustrations, so the Mock Turtle is a character that's in Alice in Wonderland and was not included in the film, the um, Disney animated film. But if you've seen the, uh, any illustrations for it, it's usually a turtle with the head of a calf. Because mock turtle soup was created with it, it, with calf head, like you boil it so it gets soft, like the bone and stuff. Blurg, because yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be similar to the texture, etc. Oh, okay. Of real turtle soup. Wow. Bruh. Okay. Yeah, so we've gone from like lovely tea party to like. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> And then there's the beautiful soup song, so that's kind of cool. The beautiful soup. <laughs> it's another. I mean, it's you read it as a poem, but it's a song that the mock turtle sings. Yeah, beautiful soup, so rich and green, <laughs> waiting in a hot terrine. <laughs> anyway, um, but then they talk about whiting fish with crumbs and lobster with some sugar on it. So. Yeah. Wow. So, like, through the looking glass has a lot more, like, dinner-type foods. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, you've got the tea party in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, there's the sweets in the first one, and then... Yeah, and then the... Nice. Oh, something random that I just remembered. Mm -hmm. So, I used to watch Batman, the animated series. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was... One of the most memorable characters from that was the Mad Hatter. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And... He would like some of his lines were from were from the book, the story, and like will you won't you will you won't you won't you join the dance and that was from the mock turtle scene and anyway so yeah who we're talking about like how far reaching Alice in Wonderland even even into Batman <laughs> Batman's everywhere <laughs> anyway. And Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it seems like the would make a good Alice in Wonderland, yeah, it's like cranberries up in all the juices. (laughs) (laughs) It's like up in everything. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's pretty pervasive. Right? So tell me what you made. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's get into our recipes. Well, we mentioned the Queen of Hearts tarts. Mm Mm-hmm who she made some tarts all on a summer's day the knave of hearts he stole the tarts and took them clean away that punk the king of hearts called for the tarts and beat the knave full sore the knave of hearts brought back the tarts and vowed he'd steal no more 
<laughs> Good thing he didn't eat them. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, yeah, so I made these little tarts, and they turned out pretty cute. I, I made, like, um, like just, a like, a, a sweet, you know, short dough, and um, put it in to, like, mini muffin tins. Mm-hmm. And baked it, and then I made I made two like kind of fillings for it. I made a um, strawberry curd, mm. which yeah, like on this podcast before I've mentioned making um, lemon curd. I think I made this for um, Sansa's lemon, Sansa. yeah, Sansa's lemon cakes. Um, so this I made um, a strawberry curd. So I replaced um, some of the lemon juice with um, like pureed strawberries and I um used some orange juice and then I put a little bit of lemon juice too to freshen it up and so that turned out really nice mm. um but in I could have done like just that for the filling and actually like I would recommend that that would be really good um but I wanted that like bright red color you know <laughs> that mm-hmm. like really evokes the queen of hearts so I made this like strawberry glaze for the top mm-hmm. And so I ended up, like, filling up, um, you know, half the tarts with this, like, strawberry curd, and then putting a slice of strawberry on each one, and then putting, like, a dollop of the glaze. And so, yeah, I was selling... Sounds so pretty. Yeah, they looked really nice, and they, like, they were super sweet, so I put, um, like, a dollop of, um, like, barely sweetened yogurt on top, and that looked really nice, Mm. too, because it was white, and of course you could use, like, um like just barely sweetened whipped cream or not even sweetened um and that would be good too um but i was telling you like before we started i would make one or two small changes if Mm -hmm. if i were to make these again and that's like i really like the strawberry curd but i think i would either put just like a thin layer of the glaze with nothing else or i would put like whole strawberries and just kind of you know brush a simple syrup over them Mm -hmm. so i would go like one of one of those two ways because I didn't like the kind of like mix of textures and like mm-hmm. the glaze is like really kind of jellyish, so I would want just like a little bit for color mm-hmm. yeah but like in general like they, they weren't bad at all and like we had them with tea and so it was pretty nice <laughs> yeah it sounds perfect for like a summer tea party yeah yeah so all I mean on a summer's day. I would definitely make like a <laughs> like a variation on this again yeah. but um yeah just slight notes for improvement for next time but like as I was making them too I was thinking you know like these tarts are pink the queen would definitely paint these (laughs) paint these red which I ended up doing so it really fit in with the story also (laughs) like you know she's very sweet on the surface and kind of like sour underneath so so that kind of yeah so I kind of liked how that yeah how that fit in with the story so like yeah with just like a couple small tweaks you know um this was yeah pretty good also like my pastry game is weak like I I (laughs) never like crimp the edges or anything I need to learn how to do like something pretty with my pies (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, I, ca- I kept them, like, pretty rustic, and, I mean, they looked fine, but I was like, you know, I, like, I saw all these online with, like, the pretty curly edges Well, who knows stuff. how it would be in Wonderland, really. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, I mean, well, these animals are... doing stuff, so they probably wouldn't be crimping the edges. <laughs> Maybe not, but at the same time, I was like, my, my tarts look very medieval, and they would fit in with that, but, like, <laughs> this is, like, Victorian era. Like, it was, like, uh, yeah. fancy, you know, you know fancy up to 11 so <laughs> yeah so I need to learn how to make pretty tart dough so I'm gonna put that on my list of like you know skills to conquer <laughs> so how about you what did you make so like 
oh, I don't know how many years ago, uh, one of my cousins at Christmas time made some cookies and, uh, and shared them with us. And it was, they were pepper cookies and they're so memorable. You can imagine because they're, I mean, pepper cookies. So it's like, what, the, you know, you wouldn't think that that would go together. Um, and then thinking of Alice in Wonderland, that immediately came back to my mind. Pepper cookies. Yeah, I wasn't like, so pepper, you know, with the whole scene with the Duchess and the angry cook. But yeah, so I wasn't going to try a pepper soup because it <laughs> just doesn't sound appetizing. But pepper cookies would be just so fun for a get together for, you know, an Alice in Wonderland themed party or something. Um, and they're so unique. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. it's that like, like what an they un- would be in Wonderland because it's like, what? You wouldn't think they would go together. <laughs> yeah, but like, what an unusual. I, I love like unexpected um, mm-hmm. like flavors in a sweet dish. Like, I love yeah. like herbal flavors or like a weird spice you wouldn't normally use, you know, or like the chocolate chili cookies those are really good yeah you know and i think like um there's some kind of like what what's it called um pepper noose or something yeah like pepper that. noose. That's yeah like, yeah um, that's like a um a german german, german yeah, spice cook and sauce. yeah and they definitely use i think um like black pepper in that yeah i love those cookies yeah so anyway that sounds really good actually it just gives yeah. it like an unexpected unique kick yeah yeah so this um so my my cousin um he sent me the recipe, and it's it's uh, adapted from the uh, James Thresher uh, for the Washington Post. Um, okay. And so, yeah, so it's so it's white pepper, black pepper, ground ginger, ground cloves, ground cinnamon, and ground cayenne pepper. Ooh, so, so you've got like yeah, multiple peppers. <laughs> all the biz up in there, <laughs> and then medium grind pepper, like just to sprinkle on the tops. Um, but, and then it's, and then you dip it a little bit in dark chocolate. So, yeah. Decoratively, if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, and so I did, so I dipped it in, like, all different ways. I dipped the, the cookies, like, <laughs> some, like, half or a third on one side, and then some, I don't know, I got all crazy. I'm like, let's make a triangle, and I don't know. But then I made one, it was kind of like tulip look a little bit and then when I turned it around I was like oh my gosh it looks like like a, a lady's face with like her hair pulled back like a, like it's in a bun or something like so it's like her hair line <laughs> and then I was like oh, a face it needs a face so I, so in some of the photographs you'll see that I drew like with just the melted chocolate and a toothpick I drew like an angry face <laughs> Yeah, they look so cute. It to could be like the cook. The cook, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, she made cookies. These would be the cookies she made. Yeah. Oh, another yeah. food. The, just thinking of that scene reminded me. You could do pigs in a blanket. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> the little baby yeah. turns into a pig. Yeah. And wrapped in the blanket. So. <laughs> Ran- yeah. Very random. <laughs> so, yeah, so I totally do Peppa. Pippa cookies. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. That definitely intrigues me. All right. Well, that's that's all I got. So, I mean, unless you have anything, I think we can uh, close it out. There's so much. Yeah. Just thinking about Alice in Wonderland and, and the reach of it. Like, I keep going, my mind keeps going back to that. And oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure there's, like, like, yeah, a bunch of, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of things we can touch on. But I think we hit the major points. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll post the recipes and um, anything else we mentioned on our website at fictionkitchenpodcast.com. 
Um, you can find us on Twitter. We're at FKPod. Yeah, and you can find us on Tumblr and Facebook and Instagram and all those places where Fiction Kitchen Podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so bye. Bye. Thank you.